Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. For anyone who wants to make money and make a difference, grow and leverage your enterprise better, get more done in less time, outsource everything and create your ideal lifestyle. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. This is Rob Moore here with a caffeine cast, a short, sharp shot in the arm of motivation and inspiration. When should you raise your prices? Well, the answer is now. End of podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Now, there are many reasons why you should increase your prices now. And there are probably three main reasons why you probably haven't or you'd resist it. So the huge benefits of raising your prices are lower volume of sales and lower effort for a same or increased turnover or profit margin and increased turnover and significantly increased profit margin. You can free up space for newer, better customers who may pay more and be less management intensive, therefore reducing your overhead. There are so many benefits and I'm going to list them all later and give you some strategies. In fact, I'm going to give you three strategies on how you can actually increase your price. But those three reasons why you probably aren't, why nearly every entrepreneur I've ever met or mentored doesn't or hasn't yet is number one, the fear of a loyal or an existing customer leaving or not renewing. And take property, for example, when you've had a tenant in for a few years, you could be worried to put up the rent, even if it's just by £25 a month, which might only be 5 or 3% because you're worried about them leaving when the reality is it might cost them £2,500 to move with the removal van and all the, the faff of changing over all the utilities, yet you're worried you put the rent up 3% and they'll leave. The reality is they probably won't. The second thing is the fear of not getting new customers. So you feel that the price goes up and these customers that are looking into you may not buy anymore or new customers might think that you're too expensive. And then the third main fear is the belief that the market you're in or the niche you're in won't sustain it, you know, i.e. it's a price-based industry and if you're above what the standard price is, no one will buy it and you, know, you won't be able to scale your business. Now, I believe that most of those are actually a kind of projected fear, you know, like it's something that one worries about with actually any data or stats or proof. And I like to think of someone like James Dyson as a great example, because I remember a day when I was young where a vacuum cleaner was a vacuum cleaner. In fact, a vacuum cleaner in the UK was called a Hoover and a Hoover was a make of vacuum cleaner. So when James Dyson came in to try and disrupt the industry, another company actually owned the name, like a bit like people say Google it when they mean go onto a search engine. So there was this already totally nailed market by the, the electrics company Hoover. But it, it wasn't something you wouldn't spend a lot of money on your Hoover. Your, your vacuum cleaner wasn't your fashion accessory. It wasn't something you spend hundreds of pounds on. It was just a basic you know, household item. And then Dyson came along and apparently reinvented it, even though he wasn't the first person to invent the bagless Hoover. And all of a sudden, people are paying 200 and 300 pounds for a Hoover, you know, four or five hundred dollars. They bring out the smaller and smaller ones. They bring out digital ones. I mean, they'll they'll, they'll have internet on them soon. They'll have microchips in your arm linked to your Hoover. You'll be wirelessly Bluetooth-toothing into your Hoover and paying 500 quid. And he totally changed that market 
by being disruptive, being innovative. And I would challenge you to try and do the same in your niche or industry. Even if you're a firm of solicitors, you can still create higher value, create a better service and add bells and whistles and increase the value. And I believe you can really increase your price. Okay, so the other thing you've really got to my teeth are somewhere uh, in the other room, fight with, battle with, is inflation. So inflation, let's call inflation 3%. If you don't put your prices up 3%, your prices are going down. But then if you think that your suppliers are increasing their prices by inflation and maybe 1% or 2% margin more, and your wage bill is going up with inflation, so your overheads are going up, your supplier costs are going up and inflation's cost is going up, yet you're not putting your prices up. And when you roll all those in, they could be 5%, 6%, they could be as high as 7 or 8%. So absolutely, even if it's just by default trying to match or beat inflation, you want to be putting your prices up 5 7% at least per year. Okay, so let's look at the reality of what happens or some things you might not have thought about when you or anyone in business, an entrepreneur, increases your prices. So the first thing is, when you increase the turnover, and let's say by 10%, that's virtually all profit, assuming that you're not spending a huge amount of money to acquire that increased price cost. So what do I mean by that? I mean, when you have a customer, let's say that, uh, that gives you, brings you £100 in revenue, and let's say you have a 10% profit, so you have £10 in profit, you've paid the £90 to get the £10 of profit. So when you turn that £100 into £110, You've paid all the overhead. So that extra £10 in turnover is virtually all on the margin, on the net profit margin, on the bottom line, as they call it. So a 10% increase in price can actually be as much as a 50% increase in profit on a 20% net profit margin business. So all the profit is at the top. You know, it's in the last £10 or in the last 10%. So that's why a price increase can be really valuable. Now, what you don't want to do is go and spend £11 to get a a £10 profit increase. So I'm making the assumption that there's not a whole massive spend in marketing having to be done. I'm just assuming that the existing business you're bringing in, you're charging £110 instead of £100. So what better way to increase your profit margin significantly than just to increase the price whilst every other fixed cost is the same? The next great benefit is... I believe in the 80-20 principle, I'm sure you do, that you get 80% of your benefit from 20% of your effort, 80% of your money, 20% of your time, 80% of your results, 20% of your effort, 80% of the baldness in 20% of the area of your body, 80% of the wear and 20% of the carpet, blah, blah, blah. Ladies, you wear 80% of your clothes 20% of the time. Okay, so I believe you've got 80-20 in customers as well, which is that 80% of your customers will be bringing in 20% of the revenue but they'll be taking 80% of the overhead, 80% of the effort, 80% of the time. So you probably regret that time when you gave some of those customers a discount where you reduced the profit margin even more and yet they're taking up most of your time, most of your staff time, most of your admin, most of your headache, refunds, complaints, blah, blah, blah. So when you increase your prices, that bottom 20% of customers that cost you 80% of the time and aggravation and stress they're the ones most likely to leave and they're the ones you want to leave. And actually, if you can make them leave really easily or the most easy way without it being a fight, just bang your prices up. You see, your customers who are least amount of effort, who are not the price shoppers, 
They're not going to leave over a price rise of 5 or 10%, just like most tenants aren't going to leave of a, a rent increase. So when you put your prices up, you should be able to filter and get rid of your lowest 10 or 20% of your clients. That will, by default, dramatically increase your margin because it will reduce your overhead and therefore increase your net profit margin. So give it a go. And I'm going to give you some strategies to give it a go in a couple of minutes. The next thing is room is freed. So you have now space for, for example, better customers to come in who are maybe more realistic with expectations and you know, aren't asked after £10 for a £5. It gives you room to be strategic, be innovative, be disruptive. It's a freedom, it's a liberation of time and space. It forces you to increase the value because really you can increase the price or increase the value that then drives the increase in the price. One of the two ways of getting the price up, increase the value so people perceive it more so then you can nudge the price up or you bang the price up but then you feel like you've got to give increased value to match that price, to to justify that price. So an increase in price forces an increase in value. You know, you, you have to look at how you can serve your clients in other ways. You have to look at how you can make the, the service more personal, more bespoke. You give them more things, more touch points, more personal time, etc. It also allows you to reinvest. So you can reinvest into marketing. You can reinvest into re- research and development. You can reinvest back into your team in training, in giving them time off, in bringing in a better team, paying higher wages to attract a, a better staff. You can pay yourself more, which is a a huge benefit. You can pay your staff more, which is a huge benefit. And you can do this without putting the stress on the business. So if you want to force a way to pay yourself more in the business, if your business isn't paying you much, increase the prices and pay yourself the extra increase in price or pay yourself 50% of the increase. So for every £10 increase on a £100 widget, pay yourself £5 of that. What's to stop you doing that other than maybe yourself? Now, when you pay yourself more and your staff more, you value yourself more, which means your staff will put more effort in and they'll be more focused and therefore it'll probably create like a, what's the word I'm looking for? A cyclical effect, a a virtuous cycle, if you like. Also, you're able to differentiate yourself as you increase your price because I think on the other side of people worrying about pricing themselves out of a market, you then, as you increase your price, you go into a market that all your competitors fear going into too, where there is no cap or no limit on prices. So, you know, if you wanted to be a watch manufacturer, for example, you might choose, you've got the choice to be Casio, which might have like a a 4% or 2% profit margin, I don't know, and have, you know, a huge volume of hundreds of millions of units. Or you could choose to be a Rolex or a Patek Philippe or an Audemars Piguet. Uh, some of those watches take five or seven years to make, but there'll be a high profit margin on there because it's, it's, it's intensive of time. Now, when you attract the customers that are the brand junkies and the customers that want the best, there is no limit on your price. And the, the profit margins in those smaller volume but higher quality companies is nearly always a lot higher. So maybe you can start to move your business into that division or, you know, into that niche that isn't owned or, and there's no competition. You know, Sunseeker, there's not a lot of competition there. Anything you can think of that's really highbrow, there's not a lot, a lot of competition. Vertu, the, the phone manufacturer. Now, if you want to kind of dip your toe into that, what you can do is you can create a division like Toyota created Lexus uh, and you can create a division where you can test it if you like. Okay, so there are three main ways, I think, to increase your prices 
And the first one is to just go all in and just to up them, up them immediately, make a big, bold statement. In fact, if you're all worried, you have fears, doubts or concerns about doing this, I would just kind of encourage you to do that because I think you'll be amazed at the results. And I think that'll be the cleanest cull of your worst clients in terms of the strain on the overhead and the, and the strain and the stress on your team and yourself and the drain of energy that it takes. So that's a hold your breath and just do it. If you've enjoyed the podcast and you've got a lot of value and you have faith in what I'm telling you, just go and do it. The second way you can increase your price is using the price escalation model, which is where you increase your price incrementally. So you bump it a bit, you build confidence in yourself, you, your sales team get used to the new price increase, they become com- com- confident in that, that works, then you increase it again, then you increase it again, and you increase it again, and you have an incremental model, maybe a few percentage points over inflation. Uh, that's a, quite a low risk way of doing it, but it is a slower way of doing it, and you may leave money on the table. And then the third way to increase your prices is using price elasticity, where you test different price points. Because often higher price points sell better because someone would perceive something as not good enough quality if it's, if it's too low. Imagine if you saw a magazine article where there was some kind of ad or editorial and it was for laser eye surgery and it was £3.50 and you got the second eye free. <laughs> Obviously, you're not going to buy that. I mean, that would be stupid. That would be risky to your vision and your health. So you may be too low for the perception of your clients and customers where unconsciously they may go, that's not going to be a good enough quality at that price. That's unsustainable. Now, when you have a price that's too low, it's also unsustainable to scale and grow. And therefore, in the end, you become bitter, you can't serve your market and your business will have to fold. So why don't you test three or four different price points? Why don't you go really high one? maybe as low as you know you you feel you would ever go and then two scales in the middle this is often done with internet marketers you know if they're selling an online product they might test 67 97 147 197 now it's not about which one sells the most it's about what creates the highest profit margin because you know you might have to sell six times as many at one fifth of the price to you know make the same amount of money um, so look at the percentage profit margin as well as just the turnover So I've got nothing really else left to say other than go and increase your prices and um, thank me later. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.